Welcome back to the Mike and Andrew Show. I'm Andrew Serwick here with Mike Meredith and Ian. Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing pretty good, man. Another busy week in sports for sure. Yeah, and, uh, excited for uh, the Lions going into the bye week, but uh, still a crazy hectic week across sports. Oh yeah, we got a lot to get into today. We got reviews from this weekend. We've got NFL trade deadline was today. Uh, we got the World Series to talk about. There's an NBA trade that we need to talk about. There is a the first college football uh, playoff committee rankings out today. There's a ton to get into, man. Obviously, we weren't here last Thursday. All three of us actually were on a vacation together. Um, but we're back. The, pop, the, the podcast didn't die. Don't worry. Uh, so let's get into it. NFL Week 8. Thursday night, the Bills hosted the Buccaneers. They win 24 to 18 in this one. Um, this was a pretty uh, interesting game. Obviously, we were we were gone on vacation at this time. Uh, I watched the highlights of it uh, uh, earlier this weekend. Um, Josh Allen looked pretty good. He went 31 for 40. He threw a pick as well. So. Obviously, you never want to see those, but man, this was a pretty fun game to watch highlights-wise. Yeah, uh, this game, we were actually trying to watch it on TV and then realized, you know, fucking Amazon Prime, uh, so it wasn't even on, so we couldn't even watch it, but yeah, the highlights were solid, but no shock that the Bills won this one. I'll say it's a lot closer than I expected it to be, but I feel like the Bills kind of addressed some of those concerns. And the trade deadline, we'll get to that later. But, uh, yeah, Josh Allen, outside of the pick, only nine incompletions, almost, you know, 330 yards on the day, two touchdowns. It's pretty damn good from him. It was it was a solid game, and, yeah, I remember we, we were all in the hotel, wanted to watch that game, but we got screwed in the end. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Sunday, the Dolphins hosted the Patriots. Uh, divisional game, no surprise here. Dolphins won 31-17. Look, uh, Mac Jones is fucking garbage, man. Uh, Tua played a really, really good game. Um, Yeah, it was was a very, very one-sided match, I think. I mean, Miami just absolutely blew the doors off New England here. Um, Again, like I said, Mac Jones is just garbage. Yeah, man, Patriots, after upsetting the Bills last week, I come back down to earth and Dolphins uh, do what they need to do. Yeah, the Dolphins are uh, looking to be the team that we thought the Bills were, the team that's going to come out of uh, that AFC division. Yeah, it's quite interesting, honestly, that that, that we're into the season like this and, and the Dolphins are actually leading this division. But uh, nevertheless, man, it, 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 was a, uh, it was a very good game for the Dolphins and just another – Nice win in their resume. The Giants hosted the Jets, you know, playing. They both have the same home, you know, uh, stadium. So it's kind of like they, they, it was kind of like a home game for both of them. Uh, but the Giants win it, or no, the Jets won it in OT, uh, 13 to 10. Um, both these teams are fucking garbage, man. I mean, it, it really was just a a, you know. A shit show of a uh, of a game. The Giants only threw seven passes. Tyrod Taylor f- uh, four for seven for eight yards. It's fucking terrible. Um, 
they fed Saquon 36 fucking times, man, and he ran for only 128 yards. Uh, Zach Wilson didn't throw a pick, but he did not look that good. He went he went 17 for 36 and 240 yards. Uh, this was just a horrible game to watch, man. I mean, I, I I felt bad for any fans if there were any fans there. Yeah, I pretty much predicted that this would happen. That it'd be like a low scoring game. The Jets would pull out at the end. Just both these teams aren't that great. The Jets defense continues to be, you know. They're only saving grace, and, you know, the Giants, I mean, what are they doing? Like, you said, like, seven passes, they just fed Saquon all the game and just didn't resolve into much anything. Yeah, this is uh, definitely the Jersey Bowl, if I've ever seen it. It's real uh, definitive of this that city, New York in general. But, uh, yeah, like, like Mike said, the defense of the Jets mm-hmm. continues to give them games that, you know, some people don't give them. So until that defense starts to break, maybe they'll, they'll hang in there, steal a wild card spot. Been a crazy season so far. Why not? I I, I could see that happening, man. But yeah, I mean Saquon Barkley, thirty six goddamn carries, man. That's a that's a hell of a lot of fucking workload. But behind that offensive line, you're not going to get much yardage, and he only got one hundred twenty eight yards out of that. Uh, the Steelers hosted the Jags. Jags won it 20-10. to 10. This was a little bit lower scoring of a game than I thought it would be. Um, you know, uh, Mitch Trubisky looked like dog shit for, uh, for Pittsburgh. But I- I'm surprised, honestly, Jacksonville didn't, didn't completely run away with this one. I-, I know Trevor Lawrence had a pretty decent game. He did throw a pick in that one, in this game as well. But, um... You know, it, this was one of those games where I thought Jacksonville just run away with it big time, um, but they didn't here. They only win it by uh, by ten points. Um, yeah, not not a good game from Pittsburgh, but uh, you know, Jacksonville was able to take care of business in this one. Yeah, they were. Um, I remember seeing that picket went out. I believe pretty early in this game. Um, you know, getting hurt and then Trubisky coming in. You know how he was. He, he's trash. So, Jaguars, not really too dominant of a win, but still, they won the game. So, nice win for them to continue their win streak. Yeah, good old Mitch Trubisky. Bears fans don't miss him one bit, do they? <laughs> you know, you know I, 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 I think they might. I, I, I don't know if I'd rather have Trubisky or Fields, if, if I'm being honest here. <laughs> but... Yeah, no, that was just yeah, that was just so so bad. Uh, the Titans hosted the Falcons. Titans win twenty eight twenty three in this one. Uh, I I uh, I picked Atlanta to win this one for sure, but you know Will Levis came in and he threw four touchdown passes. He went nineteen for twenty nine as well. Um, no no Desmond Shitter in this one for Atlanta, um, which could be a good thing for all we really know. Uh, Heineke was in for uh, for him, and and man, it was it was kind of a pretty good game. It was a little bit closer than I thought. I thought Atlanta would have won this though, but it was a good good game from Tennessee, really. Derrick Henry, twenty two touches and one hundred one yards as well, man. Yeah, um, I actually had Atlanta as well in this game, but Will Levis this was his debut with the Titans, pretty much, and he actually did pretty solid. Um, 
But, and like you said, Tyler Heineke, um, I'm pretty sure he's going to get the start moving forward. I, I remember seeing that, like, Ritter, this is, like, it for Ritter. Like, he is just not it, man. He is trash. I mean, comparing what these teams did, I mean, obviously it's a five-point game. I'm, I was shocked to see the Titans win. But, you know, you had a vintage DeAndre Hopkins show up that game with four receptions, 128 yards, you know, for three touchdowns. It's looking like a real Randy Moss stat line right there. Obviously not as many yards, but uh, that's still crazy. You got four catches and three of them go for touchdowns. Yeah, he's like J-Mo, but can actually catch the ball. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Panthers hosted the Texans. The Panthers get a nice win here, finally getting a win uh, on their record. They win 15-13 to in this one. C.J. Stroud didn't play his best game, but this was honestly, I think, Bryce Young's best game so far this year. Um, C.J. Stroud, obviously, he's been struggling the last couple weeks. Um, this week was, you know, not spectacular, but it was a little bit better than the last few weeks for him. But like I said, man, Bryce Young finally played a really nice game. And, you know, it get Carolina their first win. Yeah, it was definitely a low-scoring game. Uh, this was Bryce Young's best game, but that's really not saying much. It wasn't like he was dominant like C.J. Stroud has been. This is easily C.J. Stroud's worst performance. So, even though going head-to-head, Bryce Young's team won, still taking C.J. Stroud. But Panthers finally get their first one of the year, so they're not going to be like the Lions or the Browns. Going 0 and 16. Oh, now it'd be 0 and 17. Yeah, this was uh, kind of a shock. Like I, I, I thought Texas would, that were the Texans rather would run away with this one a little bit, seeing how Carolina has just performed abysmally across the board. But uh, yeah, rookie, rookie bad game from C.J. Stroud. I'll, I'll give him the. Uh, the slack on that one, you know, everyone, every rookie's going to have a bad performance here and there. You, you can't expect him to come in and, you know, be the godsend. But, uh, yeah, great game from Bryce Young, zero picks, zero, a clean slate across the board, no fumbles, nothing for the team. So, yeah, they won the game. How you win games. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say this was CJ Stroud's worst game. I, I think week four, I think it was, or maybe it was week five, he just had an abysmal game. He threw a lot of interceptions. Uh, had very low completion percentage. This one, obviously, no touchdowns in this one. He th- only threw for 140-ish yards. Um, I'm trying to go off that by memory right now. But, uh, yeah, his, his completion percentage wasn't great. But, you know, he, he didn't look as bad as he did the uh, last three or four weeks here. Um, the Cowboys hosted the Rams. The Cowboys win 43-20. to Um this was a big blowout. Uh, Dak Prescott actually looked pretty damn good. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he kind of regressed back to what he was last year in this one after starting off the season pretty strong, uh, looking like classic Matt Stafford. But now the last couple of weeks, he just hasn't looked nearly as good as uh, as he did at the start of the season. Yeah, um, definitely tough for the Rams right now. Uh, but the Cowboys, man, they are... Uh, they're up and down all the time, man. Uh, one week they'll score 50 on someone and blow 
uh, blow them out, and then the next week they'll get blown out. So they're so unpredictable, man. Uh, they're starting to become one of those teams where it's like I can't trust anything that they do because they're so up and down every week. Looking at uh, the Cowboys and who they've beaten, obviously putting 43 points on anyone in the NFL is pretty impressive. But looking at these teams that they have beat, they've beaten now the Rams. They beat the Chargers, the Chargers, by three. Lost to the 49ers by 32, who now have three losses in a row. Beat the Patriots, who are now not the Patriots of old. And then they lost to the Cardinals by 12. So those two losses for Dallas, those are not good losses at all. Especially the Cardinals lost by double digits. I mean, they're beating the, they're like the Lions right now. They're beating the teams they should beat by multiple scores. So, you know, you can't really talk down on it, but people should give them, you know, the same hate that they do the Lions, all their, you know, Mickey Mouse schedule, pretty much, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, and these, and the Lions and the Cowboys do play in week 17, so that'll be an interesting matchup for sure. In Jerry World, no less. Yeah. Packers hosted the Vikings. They lose 24 to 10. Um, not good things uh, happened in this game for Minnesota, especially Kirk Cousins going down now with a torn Achilles. Um, we'll cover what Minnesota did to fix that problem uh, later on after we do some reviews here. Uh, but man, um, it, Kirk Cousins before going down, he went he went 23 for 31 and, uh, for 274 yards and two touchdowns. He looked pretty damn good. And Jordan Love, man, just. Another pitiful, pitiful game. Um, you know, he, th- he threw only one pick, but man, his completion percentage was really, really low in this one. Um, like I said, every single week now, it's just like everything I said from like the first couple weeks for Jordan Love, I, I take it all back. He's been a complete bum ever since. Yeah, man. Um, I was seeing people saying that it's it's time for the Packers to move off Jordan Love already, and Man, I don't blame him, man. I mean, he was so great that first week and then just downhill ever since then. Hasn't had any performance to replicate that yet. Um, the Vikings, though, even though they won the game, kind of came out as losers as well. Like you said, Kirk Cousins is out hurt the rest of the year now. Jefferson's still out, so going to be tough for them. Like you said, they definitely at least tried to figure out a solution here, and we'll get into that later, but uh, definitely feel like they are just going to be coasting the rest of the season. I think the Lions got a good chance of locking this division up, and then Packers, man, either draft another QB or try and trade for someone next year, man, because Bill Love is just... He is not it for Green Bay, and they can't just sit around and wait, man. You know, judging by how both fan bases reacted to the end of this one, you, you would have thought this one ended in a tie. But uh, obviously, Vikings won the game. But losing Kirk Cousins pretty much makes it feel like it should have been a tie because you you lost your quarterback for the year. And granted, it's Kirk Cousins, but he was playing a hella good ball this year comparatively to the rest of the league. You know, it's not it's not good at all for them. They were, they were, you know, starting to perform a little more admirably, getting to 500 with that win. But, uh, yeah, not a good look ahead for both of these teams. No, and, and 
they they found a solution. I don't know if it's necessarily the right solution, but it's probably the best solution to their problem. And like I said, we'll get into that here shortly. Uh, the Colts hosted the Saints. The Saints win it 38-27. to um, Indianapolis now straying further and further away from 500 where they were floating. Uh the first couple weeks of the season. New Orleans improves to 4-4 four and four in this one, uh, making every single team in that, well, all but one team in that division uh, all be at 4-4 four and four right now. Gardner Minshew did not have a good game at all. Yes, he threw two touchdowns, but, man, it's, he had a very low completion percentage. And Derek Carr, man, shout out to him. He had a really good game. Um, so, yeah, it, it, was just a, it was just a very... Good game, solid game from New Orleans. Who kind of needed a performance like this uh, after you know a, a slow start to the season? Yeah, I thought that the Colts uh, would win this one. I actually, uh, I had them winning, but um, the Saints ended up uh, pulling it out. Derek Carr ended up playing well. Saints, similar to the Cowboys, it feels like to me they can be up and down all year, but uh, they had a nice. Uh, Nice road win, and uh, they took care of business against uh, Indy. Anytime your quarterback throws for 300 yards on less than 20 pass or completions, that's a damn good performance. I mean, yeah, he had eight incompletions, but two touchdowns, 310 yards off 19 of 27. That's a hell of a stat line. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean. Yeah, you, you complete 20 passes and you get 300 yards. That's pretty damn impressive. Uh, Taysom Hill also had a pretty good game. He had nine carries, 63 yards, and two touchdowns for the Saints in this one. Uh, Jonathan Taylor played pretty well as well for Indy. He didn't score anything, but 12 carries on 95 yards, that's pretty damn good. But, yeah, Derek Carr, man, just a really, really nice game from him, a game that I think he needed uh, more than anything. Commanders hosted the Eagles. The Eagles win 38-31. to Again, man, the Commanders just keeping the Eagles in check this year. I mean, obviously they forced overtime uh, in Philly the first time around they played. Uh, and now they host, and they only lose by a touchdown here. Um, you know, Sam Howell played a pretty damn good game. He went 39 for 52, and... Almost 400 yards passing, four touchdowns, but he also threw a pick in this one. And Jalen Hurts, man, 29 for 38 and four touchdowns. DeAndre Swift had a very nice game as well. Um, A.J. Brown uh, for Philadelphia had an incredible game as well. Um, so good for him. And, and man, the Philadelphia leads the NFC and leads the league with a 7-1 and record now. Yep, Philly's standing uh, alone at one loss here in the league. And, uh, you know, Washington, again, put up a solid fight against them for the second uh, time this year, but fall short again. So, um, Philly, though, I mean, showing why uh, they were in the Super Bowl last year. They are looking pretty solid. I know they've had their hiccups, but they uh, they're looking good again. I mean, I feel like teams are going to start looking at these Washington games against the Eagles for a, at least somewhat of a reference on how to beat them now. Because 
this is just the story of the NFL this year at this point. You have these mid to trash teams hanging in with, you know, the powerhouses and keeping them in check in both matchups. It's like you shouldn't have that consistently, but obviously NFL is any given Sunday. And on seven given Sundays, the Eagles have come out up on top until they keep until they lose again. You know, who's to say they're not number one? Yeah, exactly, and, and you know the Eagles' defense didn't really show up in this one at all. Um, but their offense, man, just continues to keep on trucking, uh, being extremely productive, no matter who they play. Seattle, they hosted the Browns. They win twenty-four to twenty in this one. Much closer game than I expected. I thought Seattle would have won it by a little bit more than a touchdown here, but Geno Smith didn't really play his best game. Um, he went 23, 23 for 37 and threw two touchdowns and two picks in this one. But, you know, if if P.J. Walker was any bit competent, I feel like Cleveland really could have won this one because Seattle gave Cleveland's offense quite a bit of uh, opportunities to actually win this game. Uh, and the defense did too at times. Uh, they really did. But, again, P.J. Walker, man, just can't really figure anything out uh, in that Cleveland system. Yeah, um, definitely been tough year for Cleveland lately. They've seemed to have uh, come back down a little bit from how they were at the start of the season. Seattle didn't look that great, like you said, but they still pull out the tough win. Um, as they actually continue to fight for that division lead, man, uh, you know, 49ers were ahead of them for a lot of the time, but now Seattle's looking looking pretty good right now. This was definitely a shock to me. I, I knew the Browns' defense would keep them relatively close, but I kind of thought Gina would lead them to more than a four-point win. Obviously, like Andrew said, not the best showing from them. You know, 23 of 37 two, for 254, two touchdowns, two picks. is It's not ideal. You know, two touchdowns is nice, but you'd like to see more completions and less picks. You'd like to see more from, I mean, Obviously, Kenneth, Kenneth Walker averaged 8.2 yards per carry. You only gave him eight carries in the game. What's that about? Yeah, you, you, that, that's the thing. Their offensive line is actually pretty good, damn good, too, and they're just not making use of uh, of Kenneth Walker, who, like you said, he was averaging over eight yards a carry. I mean, uh, even still, uh, Zach Charbonnet, five carries, 53 yards, a 10.6 right. average, five touches. Right. I mean, uh, I mean it was... I don't know why Seattle does not run the ball more than they why do. Is I mean, Geno Smith throwing the ball forty times. Right. You guys, you got two guys averaging almost ten yards a carry. Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 ridiculous, man. I I don't know what Pete Carroll's doing, man, but it seems like he's almost afraid to run the ball more when that seems to be his yeah. offensive strength right now. Uh, we'll get we'll look back at the Super Bowl ten years ago. Of course, Pete Carroll's afraid to run the ball, man. Passed on the one with. <laughs> Marshawn running back. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous, man. <laughs> Cardinals hosted the Ravens. The Ravens win thirty-one to twenty-four. You know this. This was a very solid game, actually, from Arizona. Uh, outside of Josh Dobbs uh, throwing two picks, he didn't have the best games, uh, the best game ever, but not the worst either. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Again, he looked kind of mid, um, but 
man, big shout out to, to Gus Edwards in this one. Uh, he uh, ran the ball 19 times for 80 yards, but he had three touchdowns in this one. Um, very, very solid game from him. Uh, obviously, you'd like to see a little bit more yardage with that many carries, but yeah, man, Baltimore able to pull this one out just barely, though. Um, they went into this one as as a nine and a half point favorite. They don't cover, uh, which you know I always go by the saying: good teams win, great teams cover. Uh, and that's why I don't think Baltimore is a great team, but I think they're definitely starting to show that they might be a, a threat in the AFC. But um, we'll we'll have to see on that one because I think the AFC still is very, very, very strong. Yeah, the AFC definitely is. Um in my opinion, the stronger conference. Um, Baltimore, though, after they massacred the Lions the week before, they came back down to earth. Arizona definitely, you know, kept up with them at least. Uh, kept the game close and covered the spread. But uh, uh, Baltimore, with another win on the resume, trying to make a, that push for a Super Bowl contention. I'd say the Ravens' schedule has kind of been – a roller coaster this whole season because they started off the season winning 25 to 9 and then followed it up with a three point win against the Bengals and then a three point loss in overtime to the Colts and then a 25 point win against the Browns. So they're, they're showing that they can come out and they can win these games. They can win the close games and when they lose a game like they did against the Colts, they'll come back out, punch whoever's in the mouth or whoever's next in the mouth and say, we'll keep going. And then they lost the next game to the Steelers, 17-10. And it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And then you win, you beat the Titans by eight. And then you come out and you absolutely manhandle the Lions. Like, they, they were not even close. There was nothing they could do in that game. And then you beat the Cardinals by seven. Like, what is this? This is the epitome of, like, up and down. <laughs> like... Seahawks gonna blow them out next I'm waiting for it to happen but I don't think it's gonna happen but the way their schedule's going who knows what's next with this team man I honestly yeah it's it's very possible and like I said they've been kind of to me they've been just kind of like an average team they haven't been spectacular obviously yeah they manhandled the Lions but I I just I don't know man at times it's just like you're you're losing games that you should definitely win, and then you're having close games with wins you should be blowing out, and then you blow out teams that you think are going to be close with you. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. Uh, Neither does this one. The Broncos hosted the Chiefs. The Broncos win 24-9. The Chiefs, man, just... They have not looked good at all this season offensively. Um, Patrick Mahomes... Uh, is tied for the uh, the lead in the league for interceptions. Uh, he has one of the worst touchdown touchdown interception ratios so far this year. Uh, he went 24 for 38, 241 yards, no touchdowns in this one. And Russell Wilson, man, he cooked. He really did. He went 12 for 19, 114 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, and, and Matt Jerry Judy had a very nice game. He, he had 50 yards receiving. One of those was a touchdown, and uh, he only had two receptions in this one as well. Um, but, yeah, man, it, the Broncos have not looked good on both sides of the ball this year, if I'm being completely honest. 
but offensively, man, they have struggled a lot, and it showed somehow against one of the worst defenses in the league. Broncos country, let's ride. They uh, <laughs> they finally got their big win, man. They hadn't beat Kansas City since 2015. Uh, Kansas City, nine points against Denver's defense, who gave up 70 to the Dolphins earlier this year. Man, I don't know what's up with Kansas City, man. I mean, I knew that they definitely weren't as strong as they uh, as they looked record-wise, but to score nine points, man, just awful. The Chiefs have had two games this season where they've scored more than 30 points. One of them was against the Bears, and they won 41-10. to The other one was against the Chargers, and they won 31-17. So tell me, how is it you scored a total of 28 points in your two games against the Broncos when one game you won 19-8 to and then the other game you lose 24-9? to that, that, that just doesn't make sense. These are not Chiefs that we're used to seeing. The Lions broke the Chiefs. You're welcome, NFL. I don't even think it's that the Lions broke the Chiefs. I just think there's something wrong with the Chiefs. There's just something's not right with that offense um, this year. And, and it, it, I, I honestly could not tell you what it is. But just that offense has not looked good at all this year. Um, drops don't help. And, and no, the, the, the drops don't help. But Mahomes also just looking not good and making dumb plays also is not good. Offensive line hasn't been that great either. Lots of penalties for the Chiefs as well because um, I forget the name of the player, uh, that that, uh, that right tackle that kept going off sides um, against the Lions. He's been going off sides all season, and they keep calling him for it. But, you know, couldn't have called it against the Lions, though. Uh, but, yeah, just not a good game from the Chiefs, and I don't even think they're they're near the favorite for the AFC. 49ers hosted the Bengals. The Niners lose yet again, three in a row, 31-17. to uh, Man, look, Brock Purdy has not looked good the last three weeks now. Uh, after after those first five weeks of like kind of being pretty decent, you know, doing things that pretty much any quarterback in the league could do what he was doing. Um, and now he's just, like I said, he's been looking like a fraud and he, yeah, he still is a fraud, man. He threw two picks in this one. Uh, but Joe Burrow, man, really good game from him. 28 for 32 and 283 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Joe Mixon also having a very nice game on the ground. And Jamar Chase, 10 receptions, 100 yards on the money. Good, very good game from Cincinnati. Uh, being able to do a whole lot of uh, passing against this San Francisco defense that is very, very good. Yeah, I had a feeling this year that the Cincinnati would bounce back, man, after that tough start. I I, I felt that they had a good chance to come back, you know, with them being such a, you know, I would say more experienced team and facing adversity, they come out. And I can't believe, though, that the 49ers, I mean, most people thought they'd still be undefeated by now with, the people they face, um, three losses in a row. Definitely going to need to do some reevaluating in the coming weeks. 
Yeah, thank God for the 49ers there on the bye week, right? Could not have come at a better time. They got to figure something out right now. I mean, Brock Purdy still threw for 365 yards, but the two picks. You know, you threw one touchdown, but you had 300, almost 400 yards. That That's not good. No, it, it's really not. And, you know, he... I, I don't know what, what happened with this Niners defense, but they haven't been looking that good either. Uh, and then lastly, Sunday night, the Chargers hosted the Bears. They win 31-13 to in this one. Justin Herbert had a pretty damn solid game here, 31 for 40, almost 300 yards, three touchdowns in this one. Uh, Austin Eckler, obviously, uh, he ran for 15, he ran 15 times for only 29 yards. It's a very, very terrible game on the, on the ground for him. Uh, but receiving wise, he looked pretty damn good. Seven, seven catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. But man, Justin Herbert looking really, really good in this one. And, uh, on the opposite end, Tyson Badgent, uh, for the Bears just looked really bad really uncomfortable out there all night long. Yeah, um, the Chargers at least finally with a pretty solid statement win, I mean, over the Bears. I was watching that game at the start, and uh, Eckler had that really nice uh, receiving touchdown run. That I, um, that definitely opened the gates for the Chargers to be successful in the game. Yeah, Bears' uh, second-string quarterback definitely did not perform as well. Um, but yeah, Chargers get that, uh, that nice win, uh, at home. Uh, let's say outside of that very first pass that Tyson Badgen threw, he looked very uncomfortable. I thought after that first pass, they were going to come out of the gates, but, uh, yep. The bears are the bears and stalled as per usual. Stop bears. <laughs> and then last night, the Lions hosted the Raiders. The Lions win 26-14. to uh, Jameer Gibbs had his breakout game, man. 26, yard, or 26 carries, 152 yards, and a, and a rushing touchdown in this one. Jared Goff, he did throw a pick six in this one. Uh, honestly, the, the Lions could have won by a hell of a lot more than they ever did uh, in this one. Uh, without that pick six, and then also a lot of red zone mistakes, not scoring touchdowns in the red zone, um, had to settle for a lot of field goals early on in the game. Um, the uh, the fumble inside the five yard line in the I think it was the third quarter at that point in the game, um, you know it, it was just not you know a, a perfect game from Detroit, but they grinded it out. They covered. And they win 26-14, to 14, and Garoppolo, Garoppolo did not complete a single pass to one of his receivers uh, in the first half, which is just a very, very bad stat line that you don't want to have. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, man, Devontae Adams might get traded. You could just tell he was not happy with uh, not being targeted and Garoppolo looking awful. Defense definitely played well. Offense has got to be better, though. Uh, we were able to drive down the field, no problem. It was getting in the red zone and not getting touchdowns. That was super frustrating, man, uh, that they got to be able to convert on those uh, moving forward here. So hopefully they can get that figured out here in the next couple weeks. But, yeah, Jameer Gibbs finally has his breakout game as Montgomery's out hurt. Uh, he almost has 200 yards. Uh, 
and hopefully that defense can wrap it up uh, in the coming weeks. Here we have our bye coming up, so be a nice chance to uh, rest, get any people who might be hurt uh, to recover here and prepare for the Chargers. You know, Max Crosby said it best himself last night. He's a fucking dog. Outside of outside oh, okay. of him, that team was not looking very good. You know, the defense forces the fumble early on in the Lions' territory just for Jimmy G to give it right back to him. I love the SpongeBob episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's good to see the Lions continue winning by multiple scores or at least double digits you know, to teams that they should be beating. You know, that's that's the start of a good team right there. And, you know, hats off to Dan Campbell and uh, Brad Holmes on this one. Six and two at the bye week. Good for you guys. Yeah, honestly, going into the bye week, I was I was going to be fine if we were five and three, but going in six and two feels even better, man. But, uh, yeah, um, that kind of wraps up the games this weekend in the NFL. We're going to skip the power rankings this week just because we're so crunched for time because we have a lot to get into. Uh, obviously, trade deadline was today, so let's get into that. Um, and let's let's start with the Lions, man. They trade a sixth-round pick to the Browns for Donovan Peoples-Jones, the Michigan native. Uh, used to play for, Mich- for the University of Michigan as well. Um, this is kind of a... a, a trade that kind of helped fill the void that Marvin Jones left that wasn't really a void to begin with because Marvin Jones was basically a corpse out there. Um, but I feel like this moves JMO back down the uh, the charts here, the depth chart, because at least Peoples Jones can actually catch the ball, um, which, would, which is nice to see. And he's a deep threat just like JMO, so... Uh, we'll he'll probably see a lot more targets than JMO will here, but I'm very disappointed in the Lions. Uh, it for for today, man. They did not get an edge rusher, which they desperately, desperately needed. Someone to you know have a threat, you know, outside of Aiden Hutchinson, because our interior guys are good, but Hutch is getting double teamed more than any single defensive lineman in the league by a very, very wide margin. So if you had another threat opposite him, man, I feel like the Lions really could have, you know, opened up their pass rush a lot more. And, you know, we saw last night they had to to have a pass rush. They had to start blitzing. And Aaron Glenn does not like to blitz, man. But that's what they had to do to get any sort of, you know, uh, pressure on Garoppolo in this one. But, yeah, not a very good trade deadline for the Lions. I'm very disappointed in what they did today. You know, receiver was like a luxury item. I think we needed to take care of some needs, and we didn't. Yeah, it um, would have been great to get uh, Max Crosby or even Brian Burns from uh, Carolina. He was uh, rumored to get moved uh, and did not. Uh, I'm glad, though, at least the Lions did something because there was a lot of teams that did, didn't did do anything. So at least they grabbed uh, something and they got a receiver. Cast Tech legend here, uh, Diamond Peoples-Jones. Uh, definitely a bigger deep threat than JMO because JMO just drops everything. Uh, I think that he'll be solid here. Could have been better for the Lions at the trade deadline, but 
at least they made a move. Yeah, I uh, was a big fan of uh, Max Crosby just uh, hopping in the Lions locker room at the end of that one saying, I'm staying in Detroit. But uh, obviously that didn't happen because, you know, salary cap and whatnot. And I think Max Crosby kind of wants to stay in Vegas if they do something. But like you guys have said, it's a little disappointing seeing they just went wide receiver, seeing how Montez Sweat went for a second round pick and Chase Young went for a third round pick. You know, I feel like they could have afforded that. Oh no, they they definitely could have afforded that, and that's what that's what's annoying about it is first of all, why are the Bears buying any players right now, considering their situation? And second of all, like okay, now now San Francisco's defense is super scary because they have Chase Young and Nick Bosa on that offensive or defensive front, which is very fucking scary to say the least. Um but look, we we could have easily gotten someone some uh, edge rusher for a pretty cheap price. I mean, you know, Chase Young going for uh, what was it, a third, and Sweat going for a second. Man, that that's that's nothing. And the Lions should have been all up in that uh, into in for one of those players, man, because it really, really would have helped the Lions defensively. But again, man, what the fuck are the Bears doing? Why are you mm-hmm. buying? Why are you trading away picks? You already don't have a first-round pick, and now you trade away a a third-round pick that you could very much use to help rebuild your team, but let's face it, the Bears aren't going to rebuild their team. <laughs> yeah, they're going to take another quarterback, and because they don't know how to run uh, quarterbacks at Chicago, he isn't going to do anything. Yeah, this is... Uh, I was kind of shocked to see that the Bears made a trade for someone. I'm... Uh... Getting a little uh, flashbacks to ch- the Chase Claypool trade for a second. Oh round my pick. god! So uh, let's let's see how that turns out for him. And yet another Chicago second round pick trade. Keep an eye on that one. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. Um, another big, big trade. Um, I say big. It's not really big, but it's kind of a solution, I guess, for Minnesota. They trade uh, Arizona. I forget what it was. Um, but they tr- they trade uh, to get uh, Josh Dobbs um, in to replace Kirk Cousins, who's now out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, Josh Dobbs isn't the greatest, you know, quarterback out there. Um, you know, he hasn't been v- doing very well for Arizona, but if he's – I mean, that's the best option really Minnesota had. Um you know they could have maybe tried to to trade for Bridgewater uh, uh, to Detroit, but why would you do that? I don't think Detroit would even want to be interested in that because it's a division rival. Um, but yeah, I, it's I guess it's a fix in a way. I mean, it's certainly better than uh, than their current backup quarterback uh, in Minnesota, um, who is. Uh, what was it about Jaron Hall? Obviously, yeah, Josh Dobbs is much better than Jaron Hall, but it's it's not you know a long term solution for Minnesota either. But again, Kirk Cousins he's done for the rest of the season, so it doesn't really matter. Minnesota's just trying to somehow stay in this fight, but 
this just cements for me even more. I think those last three weeks where Detroit and Minnesota play, uh, you know, both their games against each other in those last three weeks, I think it's not going to matter for Detroit now, especially. Um, I think the division will be wrapped up well, well before those last three weeks. Yeah, I like the uh, the Josh Dobbs pickup for just being a short term. Like they're they're pretty much out of it. I mean, the Lions are basically being handed this division right now with the Vikings injuries, uh, Jordan Love being trash, and the the Bears being the Bears. It's like Lions pretty much has this division under wraps. So just to get somewhat of a different look under center. And like I said, I, I watched uh, hall in that game. Uh, when cousins was down, he was not the answer. Uh, definitely going to need something better than that. So Bruce Josh Dobbs got playing time in Arizona. So he, he's uh, at least competent, at least till the end of the year. You know, it's a, uh, it's kind of funny because the two things that Minnesota did do at the trade deadline was number one, they got Josh Dobbs. For a six, a twenty twenty four. Well, they got Josh Dobbs and a twenty twenty four seventh round pick, for a twenty twenty four sixth round pick to Arizona, and then they traded, uh, or they got someone from Jacksonville, an O lineman. So now you've decided you want to protect your quarterback. After your quarterback, your starting quarterback just went out with an injury. So the uh, the timing on that O line pickup is kind of funny, but. I don't know, that's, that's just that's just fucking comedic timing right there, man. <laughs> yeah, like, poor Kirk Cousins. You, you gotta hate seeing that one. <laughs> you just hate to see it. Uh, but yeah, man, it was that was just it, it makes sense, I guess, for Minnesota. That it, it's a it's a but the thing is, it's a band aid over a bullet wound, is the way I see it. It's like it's just it's not gonna do anything, I don't think, because obviously Josh Dobbs is nowhere near the level of Kirk Cousins. And now without Jefferson still, it's it's just, it's not going to really help. And then Buffalo also uh, received uh, a corner. Uh, they received Rasul Douglas um, in this one. Uh, a nice pickup. They, they answered, you know, some questions in that secondary that they really, really needed to answer. Uh, so a very, very solid pickup there for Buffalo uh, in this one, but man, I I just I don't know what a lot of these teams are doing this year. A lot of teams just stayed put, which is depressing. This was probably one of the worst years ever for the trade deadline for the NFL. Yeah, it was not uh, definitely not as strong as it, I thought it would be. At least names wise, they got moved. Yeah, when Chase Young and Montez Sweat are uh, two of the biggest names to go, and they only went for a second and a third round pick, and those were the highest picks that were swapped all day today. That's uh, it's kind of indicative of how good of a trade deadline it was. But uh, yeah, like you guys said, not many teams are active, so I guess some teams are okay with being dog shit, and some are okay with being mid. And uh, <laughs> I guess that's the reason we're not GMs. <laughs> I, I, you know, we're we're a bunch of armchair GMs, but you know, at the end of the day, honestly, it, it's still like the Lions, for example. They really should have tried to get one of these edge rushers, man, because that's that's really all this defense really needs to be very, very good, if not elite. 
I mean, I, I really genuinely believe that, man. But, uh, yeah, very, very quiet trade deadline day in the NFL. And not a lot of moves happening. Uh, and we covered all really the big ones here. So we're going to move into this past weekend's college football matchups here. Uh, and starting off, Wake Forest hosted number four, Florida State. Florida State winning 41-16 to in this one. Um, just another really good game from Florida State after struggling the last few weeks. Um, you know, it was it was not a... Uh, you know, they started off really well, and then they started to get really bad, and then now they've picked it up the last couple of weeks. Very solid, ga- good game here. Uh, Jordan Travis looked pretty damn good. He went 22 for 35, uh, three touchdowns, over 350 yards in this one. Um, and I know you both you uh, Sparty fans hate, still hate seeing uh, Keon Coleman uh, going off in this one. He went for two touchdowns in this one as well. Yeah, almost a 10 <laughs> average, too. Yeah, uh, crazy one. Um, Florida State definitely looking really solid right now. Uh, definitely a threat here to make the college football playoffs here. This was uh, one of those games where, obviously, you have doubts of this team or a team in Considered in the top four across any of the, the league, but uh, looking at how they've played, obviously the the week one win against LSU was really a shock moment, saying, "Hey, this team is actually this good." And then fast forward two weeks later, when they play Boston College and only win by two, or they take OT to beat Clemson, you know, and then they beat Syracuse by thirty-eight, and now flash forward to now, and they're beating Wake Forest by 25 it's they're starting to win these games that they should win and it's not close so this team is probably barring a slip up against Miami or maybe even Florida probably gonna win out and be your ACC champions and representative in the uh, college football playoffs yeah it's gonna take like a Mario Cristobal uh, special to somehow uh, win that one but it's Mario Cristobal so you you already know it's not gonna happen Kansas hosted number six Oklahoma, and the Jaybirds win thirty-eight to thirty-three. Um, I believe I picked Kansas to win this one. Um, you know, this was not a very good game uh, for Jason Bean, quarterback for Kansas. He did not look very good at all. Uh, he went fifteen for thirty-two, two hundred eighteen yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions in this one. But a lot of work happened on the ground for them, which is why they were able to win. Um, and, you know, on the opposite side, you know, you had, you know, uh, for Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel also didn't throw a touchdown pass in this one, but he went 14 for 19 and 171 yards and a pick. Um, this was a close game. I knew it would be close, but I did pick Kansas to win this one. Um, so yeah, man, just a very nice game from Kansas. You know, they've been in and out of the rankings, uh, all season already. I thought this was just kind of one of those games where OU is going to really slip up here. And well, they did. Yeah. You, uh, you called that man in person, like right before 
the games had started that uh, Kansas was going to beat Oklahoma, and they did. So I wasn't uh, I wasn't totally convinced, but uh, Kansas ended up pulling off the upset, man. So that was good for them. Uh, their fans went crazy and took the goalposts and everything. So it was crazy. Yeah, uh, I was with Mike on that when I was not convinced whatsoever Kansas would win this one. I thought Oklahoma would probably win out and win the Big 12 unless they meet Texas in the Big 12 championship again. But knowing that Kansas won this game and now the Big 12 is pretty much wide open to any team with one loss. Yeah, it's, it, I, th- I think at the Big 12 it's going to come down to OU versus Texas in their last ever, you know, for both of them, their last year in the Big 12, which is kind of ironic if it really does come down to the, both those teams. Um, but, you know, uh, but Kansas, I think, is really starting to try and establish themselves as that next top dog in the Big 12 because Texas and Oklahoma are leaving next year. Um, and I think this game kind of is a big statement game for that. Number 10, Penn State hosted Indiana. Penn State only winning it 33-24. to The defense really struggled in this one despite, you know, being one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, But, you know, Drew Aller, again, not the greatest game from him. He's, you know, pretty shit quarterback if we're being completely honest here. Uh, But the offense able to get enough points on the board to beat IU uh, just by only nine in this one. But Penn State did take care of business, so at the end of the day, a good win for them. Yeah, I, um, I think that Penn State, you know, uh, could have been better. Um, but nice uh, job, at least, you know, winning the game. And uh, they got Michigan coming up soon, so definitely got to prepare for that. So even though Drew Aller got outplayed, because... He threw. He was twenty for thirty-one for two ten with three touchdowns and a pick. Brendan Soresby was thirteen of nineteen for two hundred and sixty-nine yards. Nice, and three touchdowns and a pick. So he had twelve less overall attempts, seven less completions, and had fifty-nine more yards than you. Trash. Is, you're you're on the number nine team in the country. You're supposed to be, you know. You were supposed to be halfway decent this year, right? <laughs> no, it just yeah, I I don't know, man. That was just um embarrassing to uh, to say the least, but able to keep, get the job done. Uh Florida hosted Georgia all this although this was a neutral site game. Uh Georgia winning 43 to 20 in this one. Um no Brock Bowers. Uh, but Carson Beck played a pretty damn good game. He went 19 for 28, 315 yards and two touchdowns. But Grant Mertz also had a pretty damn good game as well. Um, but, yeah, Georgia obviously looking really, really good in this one. Uh, even without Brock Bowers, uh, this was a very nice game from Georgia for, you know, the first time really this year that they've had an, they've played anyone decent, but they actually look good doing it this time. Um so, yeah, man, uh, a very good game from Georgia in this one. Uh, but Florida didn't play all too terrible either. Yeah, Florida played better than I thought they would. But Georgia, uh, without Bowers and taking care of business in this one. 
Yeah, Georgia for the second time this season against an SEC opponent. Uh, this time without Brock Bowers, actually handled business because the first time uh, they played Kentucky, they uh, they won fifty-one to thirteen. That's a I'd say that's handling business in that one. And then they come against you know in a Florida who's kind of mid, but uh, it's a neutral site, so obviously it's not a true home game for either team. But you you won forty-three to twenty. That's a uh, I know we kind of had issues with Georgia because they weren't they weren't covering they were winning games but you know they weren't covering but now here they are in the thick of an SEC schedule putting points up on the board now and now without their top target they're still putting points on the board it's a great time for Georgia to start getting hot yeah absolutely it's a perfect time for for them to start you know looking good now uh, you know I thought for sure without Brock Bowers they look pretty okay on offense and get, honestly I, belo- I believe they would get a lot worse but they looked better uh, without him if I'm being completely honest uh, but yeah Georgia obviously getting the big win in that one number seven Texas hosted BYU Texas winning 35 to 6 and this is not a bad BYU team by any means obviously there's no Quinn Ewers uh, Malik Murphy was in uh, for Texas um you know, he went 16 for 25. He threw two touchdowns. He also threw interception, 170 yards. Um, there, there was a lot of mistakes from him, though. You know, he, he's thrown fastballs at at running backs who are wide open, uh, you know, three yards in front of him. Like, it, it was not, you know, he was throwing passes that he really should have just put you know, just a little bit of effort into, not, you know, throwing it as hard as he could. And that's why a lot of these, that's why these backs really couldn't, catch the balls on the on these passes man is he was just zipping them at at these guys three yards downfield who were wide open when he didn't need to um but you know it was a decent game for texas obviously you know byu's offense did not look all too great in this one and this byu team isn't really a bad team at all by any means i mean they're five and three now uh you know going into this one they were five and two but you know, it was it was a very good game from Texas against you know a BYU team that isn't terrible by any stretch of the means, but isn't that great either. Yeah, Texas um, pulling it out here. Uh, not too shocking. I mean, BYU, like you said, has definitely been better than I think most people think. But uh, Texas needed to come out and uh, get a nice win here after. Uh, you know, they've been, I wouldn't say struggling, but, you know, they had that loss, which was tough. Um, so bouncing back here was, was nice for them. I'm going to disagree. I think BYU is about as mid as we think they are, considering they lost to TCU by 33. This this is pretty, uh, pretty standard for them, I'd say. You lose to TCU by fucking 33. I don't think I should give you much consideration anymore. I get that, I get that, but this BYU team is not, you know, terrible by any means. I mean, they they held on to Kansas. They only lost by eleven in this one. Uh, they beat a very good. I, I wouldn't say very good, but they beat a good Texas Tech team. Um, you know, and they they obviously beat Cincinnati as well. Uh, they haven't been obviously the best team by any means, but. They haven't been terrible either. Um, 
but yeah, man, Texas obviously without Quinn Ewers, I, I think with Quinn Ewers they probably would have absolutely destroyed BYU. I think easily fifty points with Quinn Ewers on this one. Utah hosted Oregon, and man, Utah looked fucking horrible in this one. Roadbo Nicks didn't show up. This was like basically homebo Nicks. Um. In this one, uh, Utah just could not do anything offensively, and they couldn't answer to anything Oregon did offensively. So, man, it, it, this was a very, very, very nice win for Oregon. Um, you know, like I said, Bo Nix looked really, really good in this one. Bryson Barnes played like absolute shit, and Utah's defense just had no answers for Oregon at all in this one. Yeah. Um... Oregon definitely came out and played how they were supposed to, and Utah didn't, man. Uh, I thought Utah definitely put up a bigger fight in this one, but Oregon, after the tough loss to Washington, came out and uh, they showed out a big statement win against Utah, who was another, um, I believe, top 15 team in the country. This is uh, it's kind of funny seeing all of these uh, Pac-12 teams do really good now. In the last year of the Pac-12. Because it's like you have Washington right now who is arguably a top-five team. You have now Oregon who is, you know, off coming off a loss to that Washington team, blowing out another top-25 team by 29 points. You, that's – you took that loss on the chin and you kept going. That's a, that's a scary thing to see, especially if, you know, a, a current playoff contender loses a game or two and then Oregon sneaks into the playoffs – I wouldn't want to play them if they're rolling like this in the playoffs late. No, and, and here's here's the the way Oregon's responded after that loss to Washington on the road, mind you, is I, I think if Washington and Oregon, you know, they meet again for the Pac-12 championship, man, I, I think Oregon's going to beat them that time because, I mean, Oregon's responded very well since that loss, and Washington has not played very good uh, since that win. And we'll get into that um we cover the Washington game uh, shortly here. But number 24, USC, went to Cal. And they had to rally back against Cal in this one. Um, Cal, not a good team at all. They, they're they're now 3-5 and five after this loss. Um, but, yeah, they USC trailed for most of the game. Um, Cal obviously just kept going. Uh Caleb Williams had a very okay game, to say the least. He went 23 for 40, but he threw for, you know, 369 nice yards uh, and two touchdowns in this one. Um, you know, it, this was this was a game, you know, USC's defense really showed how, just how bad they are by allowing this pretty mid, uh, to say the least, Cal offense to even be close to winning this one. Uh, and, you know, allowing Cal to lead for most of this game as well. Um, but my, my question really in this game is why did Cal go for the two-point conversion uh, in this one? They they had, you know, they, they scored a touchdown with 58 seconds left, and they go for the two-point conversion to try to win the game instead of just going overtime or giving, you know, USC a chance to score, uh, to go, you know, score in a minute, which I don't think would have happened um, in this game, anyways. But I just, 
just kick the field, go 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 to overtime. Maybe you beat USC. Yeah, man. Um, definitely should have just done that. Uh, kick the uh, the field goal to tie it. But yeah, USC, bro. I think that they're gonna be out of the rankings. I mean, um, I know they they came out with the new rankings. I haven't really previewed them much yet. But yeah, they uh, they just. They're not it, man. That defense is that bad. You give up like forty to Cal, bro. Like, how? That's just awful. Anytime you need to, you need to score fifty points in a game to win. It's not a good look on your defense whatsoever. Like forty-nine points to Cal, and you you were down twenty-eight seventeen at half. So you were down eleven at half. And then going into the fourth quarter, you were down a score. Still, it's you cannot be having that for a you know Caleb Williams who's won the Heisman. You know was supposed to do it again. What the fuck's going on? They were USC was back, guys. USC's back to being unranked very soon, I guess. You USC it's. It, the big problem is Lincoln Riley doesn't give a shit about defense, so he doesn't go out and try to actively recruit defensive players. He's just trying to get offensive players, and he thinks they'll just be able to outscore everyone by doing that. But at the end of the day, defense wins games, man. They they really do. Uh, and and your offense had to, or you had to depend on Cal's stupidity to win this game instead of just kicking the extra point. They tried to go for two, which. In my opinion, you don't do that. You just tie the game and you go to overtime and you give yourself a chance to actually win it instead of trying to go for two and hoping that you you win. But, yeah, nevertheless, man, just not a good game for, for USC. You know, their defense still allergic to tackling. Uh, number 14, Notre Dame hosted Pitt. Pitt's just god-awful. Notre Dame wins 58-7. to I think we all agree just Pitt's just garbage. Um, and Sam Hartman didn't really play a good game. He threw for just under 300 yards, but he also threw two picks in this one. Uh, but um, Audric Estime, man, what a fucking game from him, man. Three touchdowns, 19 carries, 114 yards. Yeah, um, I mean, no no surprise there. But So Notre Dame beats the shit out of Pitt. Louisville beats Notre Dame, and Pitt beats Louisville. What what the fuck kind of shit is this, man? That that's just called the circle of life at that point, man. That's just that they they're no none of these teams are better than each other. If if you know we're we're being honest here, if we're looking at it that way, it's like the year uh, EMU beat Purdue. The year they beat OSU. It's like people were saying Eastern is better than uh, OSU that year. I mean, obviously we know it's not, but you know it's a good win by Notre Dame on that one. Obviously. Had kind of had some uh, negative thoughts about him after the OSU game. It's like worried about him. He scored fifty eight points in this one. You know, it's a good, uh, it's a good showing. Not uh not passing wise. I mean, your backup quarterback threw the one touchdown. Your starter had two picks. The run game looked real nice though. And Pittsburgh throwing four interceptions definitely uh, helped. Uh... You know, Notre Dame win this one. Number 18, Louisville hosted number 20 to Duke, and we had a shutout in this one. Louisville wins 23 to nothing. Um, 
obviously Duke, they had their starting quarterback, uh, Riley Leonard's back. Um, but he did not look good at all, man. He, I mean, uh, he, he went nine for 23 in this one, which is just God awful. And he threw a pick 121 yards, no touchdowns. Um, Duke's offense literally could not do anything. Uh, like I said, Riley Leonard did not look comfortable at all in this game. He, he looked like he was afraid to get injured again, which I can't blame him entirely after you know a, a, an injury that could have ended his season um, had things gone a little bit more differently. But, yeah, man, just an awful game for Duke. Um, and, and, ter- and for Louisville, wasn't – Exactly a strong offensive game, but on the run game, they looked pretty damn good. Jawar Jordan having gone 21 carries and 163 yards and two touchdowns, man. Yeah, um, I can't believe that uh, that Duke got shut out, man. I was not expecting that. Um, but Louisville with the uh, the crazy uh, the big win there. Well, I guess Duke is back to being the basketball school that we all know and loved them or hated them for. So, I guess there's that. <laughs> yeah, there's always that, man. Uh, Rice hosted number 22, Tulane. Tulane just barely getting away with this one. They win 30-28. to 28. Um, You know, Tulane has been questionable at times, especially on defense. They went into this game as a 10-point favorite, and they only win it by two against Rice, who's pretty, pretty bad. Um, you know, uh, Michael Pratt didn't look all too well for Tulane in this one as well. Um, he went 22 for 30, two touchdowns and a pick in this one. Just not, you know, he looked okay. Uh, I'll, I wouldn't say he looked bad, but... Yeah, it's just th- this Tulane offense has been pretty solid. It's their defense just giving up a ton of points, kind of like USC, but on a much lesser scale just because it's group of five. Yeah, Tulane, um, I mean, to have it be that close to the Rice, just, they're, they just did not play well at all. And their defense, like you said, just – not on par with what they can be, and um, definitely is going to reflect uh, with them probably going to be out of the rankings, even though they won. Yeah, it's definitely a lot closer between a uh, seven and one and four and four team than you would expect, especially a, a team that's ranked. But you'd uh, expect that team to would come out and win by uh, at least a lot more than two, maybe even a score. But obviously, they came out and they won. They're still seven and one, but uh, you got to clean it up. Can't the defense can't keep giving up points if you're a ranked team against lesser opponents like that. Yeah, and and look, if if you're a group of five team and you're ranked, man, you got to be damn good, right? But you can't be having performances like that if you want to stay in those rankings as a group of five school. Uh, Washington, they win forty two. To 33 on the road at Stanford. Um, Penix had a pretty decent game. He went 21 for 37, 369 yards. Nice. Four touchdowns and a pick in this one. Um, you know, but this was this is a game, you know, you expect Washington's defense to really step up in this one uh, and, you know, just 
deny Stanford every possible chance, but they kept they let Stanford be in this game pretty much the whole game, man. Um, which is is not something you want to do uh, as you know as Washington is. You can't be letting these bad teams be close to you. I mean, fifteen to seven against Arizona State last week, and now this with Stanford, you got to be better than that. Yeah, I mean, for a team as at that caliber, man, they they got to be better, and um, they definitely uh, did not show. I mean, Stanford, man, uh, they're trash, and all they're going to be remembered for is the game against. Colorado this year, but uh, yeah, they got to be better. I mean, looking at this, Stanford that had 499 yards total, Washington had 460 at the end of this game, and Washington still won. That defense really needs to shape things up if they expect to make the playoffs and then compete against the playoff teams. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. They need to clean a lot of things up in this one. Uh, Colorado State hosted number 19 Air Force. Air Force wins 30-13. to 13. Um, Another, you know, group of five school in Air Force. They've been playing very, very good ball this year. And again, they looked very good in this game. Um, a quarterback, Larrier, only threw seven passes, but he went four for th- seven, 32 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, Air Force... Uh, you know, they're one of the academy schools that they like to run in this one, and they did quite a bit of running in this one. 20 carries and 130 yards for Mitchell and a touchdown for him as well. Um, Yeah, man, just a, a good game from Air Force, and they get the job done. Yeah, that game was crazy. Um, They were throwing snowballs and shit, and uh, they were getting, like, uh, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct in the crowd. It was a crazy game, man, but Air Force uh, pulling out the win here. Yeah, Air Force was outgained by almost 50 total yards, and they still won the game by 17 points. That's a, that's a signifier of a great game there. Yeah, definitely, you know, a very good game. But, yeah, I forgot about all the snowballs, man. That was crazy. Uh, Kentucky hosted number 21, Tennessee. Tennessee wins 33-27. to uh, Look, Kentucky are frauds. Let's Let's – Let's look at this right now, but also Tennessee are also bigger frauds, I think. You know, Kentucky's not a very good team right now. Uh, Joe Milton, actually, in terms of completion percentage, he looked really good. He went 18 for 21, but it's just they can't really do a whole lot uh, in the passing game. They, they've done a lot of their work, especially in this game, on the ground, uh, which is not really what Tennessee wants to do, but it's all they can do because Joe Milton this year has not looked all that good. Uh, But that said, Kentucky, you know, this Tennessee defense isn't all that great, and you you let Kentucky score 27 on you. It's a closer game than I think really you wanted it to be if you're Tennessee. Yeah, it's definitely closer than you want it to be. Um, Definitely a, uh, a tough one there for having to be as close as it was. But uh, we stay were able to come out with uh, the W, though. Yeah, it's two SEC teams who had pretty uh, similar records, both 5-2 and two going into this one. Obviously, 
I kind of saw it being a little closer, but if you're, you know, Tennessee and you're the ranked team in this situation, you want to be coming out a little more handily than six points. Yeah. Wisconsin hosted number three, Ohio State. Ohio State winning 24-10. to 10. And look, man, Wisconsin's defense blows. Their offense obviously isn't that good um, either. But you held Ohio State 24 points, which really kind of says a lot about Ohio State's offense. Uh, Kyle McCord didn't look all too great. He, he threw two touchdown passes. He also threw two picks in this one. Um, but, yeah, man, just Ohio State just – not there, there. There's something still just off about this offense, man. I can't. I can't really pinpoint what exactly, but the run game looks really good this year. Travion Henderson, 24 carries, a touchdown, and 162 yards. Uh, but I just, I don't know, man. There's just something not right with this Ohio State offense. Yeah, that offense. Uh, they really haven't looked dominant at all, but. They still find a way to get those W's, so we'll see how they can do. I mean, they beat Penn State, so, you know, the big game now is Michigan. We'll see. Yeah, so far, still 8-0. They've passed the first test against Penn State. Obviously, you don't want to score only 24 points against Wisconsin. If I'm Ryan Day, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my QB room right now, I'm like, is Kyle McCord really the solution right now? Because, like, he has not been looking that great at all this year. He's been making really bad errant throws that are just, why would you do it there? Why would you throw it there? But, like, on the other end, Travion Henderson and Marvin Harrison Jr. are just monsters who just performed at game in and game out. Yeah, it's it's – you know that that's all really they're they're doing is, you know Harrison Jr. obviously best receiver in the country by far. Uh, he's the cheat code for Ohio State, uh, and the Henderson man he's just been doing everything Michigan wishes they could be doing on the ground, um, this year. Ole Miss number twelve Ole Miss hosted the Mac School in Vanderbilt. Um, uh, I'm, I'm never gonna let that joke go. Uh, calling Vanderbilt a Mac school. Uh, but anyways, Ole Miss wins 33-7 to here. Obviously, I think we all kind of just saw this one coming. I mean, Dart looked pretty damn good. Um, Taylor for Vanderbilt just looked like shit. 4-for-12 uh, and an interception in, in that game for him. Uh, just not good. Judkins on the ground looked very good for Ole Miss. Uh, with 17 carries and two touchdowns in this one. Ole Miss just, you know, handling business. They are a fun team to watch, man. Yeah, they are. Um, that One of my favorite games all year was Ole Miss versus LSU. That was a very great uh, high-scoring game. And uh, Ole Miss, man, I mean, looking solid for a top 10 uh, potential uh, in the ranking here. Say barring a, a loss to Alabama or the loss to Alabama, that their Ole Miss has been playing some real good ball this year. I mean, they beaten the ranked team in Tulane. Who, I mean, obviously a Power Five team who's ranked is got to be a good team to be a Power Five or not, a Group of Five team that's ranked. So obviously winning that game, and then like I said, losing to Alabama is, you know. It's like death and taxes. It's almost inevitable at this point for some teams. But winning at LSU, or against LSU rather, is 
another big ranked win they got. And now they're continuing to win. Maybe might steal some. If they can beat Georgia, who knows what they can do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. Ole Miss has just been playing very good football. They're one of the best offenses to watch just as a fan of football in the country. They're one of the best offenses to watch because they can pass, they can run, and, and they're extremely productive as well. Uh, they're, just, they're just fun to watch, man. Uh, UCLA, number 23 UCLA, hosted Colorado. UCLA wins 28-16 to 16 in this one. UCLA um, looked pretty damn good in this one. Garbers played for UCLA in this game. He threw two touchdowns and a pick. Shador Sanders looked pretty, pretty bad. I mean, 27-43 and just over 200 yards in this one. Uh, UCLA just handled business, though. They got the job done. That's all they really needed to do. That's all they wanted to do in this one is just make Colorado look like the frauds they are, and they did. Yeah. The funniest part about this game was Colorado's shit getting thrown out the locker room freaking mid-game. Um, just crazy to see, man. It seems like ever since Colorado got that first loss, man, they have been just getting humbled, man, by everyone. As I say, outside of... Uh... Shiloh Sanders getting ejected on a kind of a questionable hit, I would say. I, I don't know if I would have ejected him for that. I would say Colorado just did not play up to what they were doing. Like that That's the only th- complaint I can really say for that game in favor of Colorado is, you know, that ejection was, uh, it was iffy and may or may not have played a little bit of a part in that one, but it's still something, you know, you're going to have to sit there and clean up, but you're 4-4 four and four now. You were supposed to be, you know, a, a good coach. I mean, you've quadrupled the team's win total from the last year, but, I mean, when the team wins one game, that's not really saying much. No, it's not. And, and, and look, Dion is a pretty damn good coach, man, but he's he's way too – he's I, 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 I want to say he's way too in over his head, but he's, he's just like he, – he doesn't – he he expects too much, I think, out of, out of out of being there for one year. Georgia Tech hosts number seventeen North Carolina. North Carolina loses yet again. Georgia Tech wins forty six to forty two in this one. UNC moving down to six and two now. The bad loss to Virginia. Now another bad loss to uh, to Georgia Tech, who improves to four and four in this one. Um, it it was. It was, you know, North Carolina had, you know, had the win in the bag until, you know, late or to, to about the fourth quarter, really, um, in this one. It was, it was just, I, it was not a good game for North Carolina at all. Just, you know, a lot of mistakes late in the game uh, in this one. Drake May, you know, he, he threw 17 passes. He threw over two, 300 yards in this one. You know, and, and they still just found a way to lose this one. The defense, you know, could not stop Georgia Tech in this one. Uh, and they, you know, King went 23 for 30 in this one, just shy of 300 yards. But he threw four touchdown passes in this one. But, man, North Carolina just cannot stop, you know, anything lately defensively. Yeah, North Carolina, man, another tough loss after they – Broke into the top ten. Now they're just falling apart. You know, I don't want to jinx 
North Carolina by saying Georgia Tech is some sort of kryptonite for them. But uh, the past few years are pretty telling. Uh, going back to September 25th of 2021, where UNC played Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech won 45-22. Interesting. Going back, going to the next year now, where uh, October 28th, Georgia Tech. Or no, well, this year, that Georgia Tech won 46-42. Huh. Where was the, the 2022 year? Because I know they played that year. Or did they not? I don't think they did last year. No, maybe not. But yeah, it's just funny seeing Georgia Tech beat them two years ago. And then now beat them again. So, <laughs> maybe Georgia Tech's starting something against them. Who knows? Possibly, but I, I don't know, man. It was kind of a fluke win, I it, it, I, I, it kind of was, but, you know, North Carolina's defense has to be a lot better. And, and oh, yeah. you know, Georgia Tech's offense isn't that great either, but, you know, here we are. Uh, James Madison, number 25, James Madison being ranked for the first time in God knows when because I, I barely knew that was a school until, like, five or six years ago, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, they host Old Dominion, and they only win 30-27. to 27. Um, look, I don't know a whole lot about James Madison, if I'm being honest with you. Um, their uh, the quarterback, uh, Jordan McLeod, had a okay game in this one. Uh, he went 27 for 40, 340 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks in this one. Um, but Old Dominion, I you know, they, they, they played them very well, and they go down to 4-4. Four and four. James Madison improves to 8-0, and oh, but yeah, man, it's just... It, it I, I didn't really watch anything for this game, so I can't really talk much on it. But um, I, I like I said, if if you're a, a group of five school that's ranked, and you're just barely beating group of five schools, do you really deserve to be ranked? Yeah, I don't think they deserve to be ranked. I mean, they're they're undefeated, but again, look at the competition they're playing. I mean, they just they're playing no ones, and they almost lost to a no one. So they uh. They definitely need to be uh, out of the rankings. I don't actually know. No, I think James Madison might have been a D2 school a couple years ago, if I'm being completely real. But, unless I'm just dumb, because they're playing teams like, I don't even know who they are. Like, VMI, North Dakota, New Hampshire... Villanova? <laughs> Do they have a football team? Yeah, for I didn't know that. Montana, North Dakota State. Like, I'm pretty sure they might have been a D2 school a few years ago. And now, I mean, if they did make the jump up to, you know, the bowl leagues and whatnot, they're playing hella good ball for making that jump. But, I mean, obviously winning by three points isn't what you want to be doing as a ranked team, especially against a, a group of five team. Yeah, so they were they were an FCS school up until 2022, and now they're in the Sun Belt, uh, in the FBS. So they were still technically Division One, um, but you know they were in the FCS. So it's like might as well be it's, it's 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 it, yeah, it might as well be Division Two. Uh, but yeah, um, you know they they took care of business. You know, obviously they should have won by a lot more. I think that's what the uh, the spread was saying. Yeah, the spread was nineteen and a half point favorite. So yeah, they should have probably won a hell of a lot more. But it is what it is. And then lastly, in our top twenty five matchups, 
Arizona hosted Oregon State. Arizona wins 27-24, man. Arizona, out of nowhere now, has beaten or almost beaten some damn good teams. They they just beat, you know, Oregon State, you know, obviously in this one. Um, DJ Uyunglele, uh, you know, 16 for 30 in this one, two touchdowns. Um, but, man, Arizona has really stepped up the last couple weeks, man, uh, blowing out Washington State uh, 44 to 6. Taking USC to overtime to three overtimes, uh, taking the fight to Washington, they lost that one. Man, they have been looking really good this year. Uh, they've had some bad losses, but lately, man, they've been playing out of their fucking minds. But yeah, just you know, a very good game for Arizona. Not a good game at all for Oregon State. Yeah, credit Arizona, man. They have really bought out against some solid competition. I mean, their schedule's been pretty tough. I mean, just rank opponent after rank opponent, they are putting up as good, as good of a fight as they can, man, and they uh, they get rewarded with this one. It's kind of shocking to see, like, how, how well they have played against what one could say is superior competition. Because, I mean, they took Mississippi State, who's an SEC team, to overtime, and they they lost that one. I'd say that's a bad loss at the end of the day because Mississippi State isn't the greatest team. You beat Stanford by one. That's also not the greatest look. But then you take Washington, and you lose by a score. That's a really good game for them, even though they lost. Taking USC to multiple overtimes and almost winning that one is a very good look for them. And then the blowout against Washington State, a really, really, really good look for them. And then now, you just beat a ranked team. It's a for the second win, week in the row. It is a win. For a second week in a row, they beat a ranked team, too. Well, yeah, Washington State did drop out of the ranking. Well, yeah, it's still, it's another... I mean, yeah, but that's... Still, that's two top 25 wins is still two top 25 credit, wins. You gotta credit them for that. And right. Now sitting 5-3, and three, one win away from being bowl eligible. Exactly, and... and Arizona is building something, man. They really are, and they're moving to the uh, the Big Twelve next year. They might be a big uh, a threat next year in the Big Twelve. If I'm being completely honest with you, man, they have looked incredible the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it's a slow start to the season, but man, these last few weeks have looked really good for them. So that wraps that up. Uh, we're gonna quickly get into the uh, the you know the college football rankings. Uh, we finally got the first uh, uh, playoff committee rankings in this one. Um, so, yeah, let's get right into it. Topping off the charts at number one is Ohio State. This obviously makes a ton of sense to, I think, really anyone with a brain. They have two top 15 wins uh, in this one. So, yeah, makes sense. They have the you know they have the best ranked wins out of anyone against Penn State and uh, Notre Dame. So, yeah, obviously they stay there at number one. Georgia is at number two. Michigan's at three, and then Florida State at four. Um, you could argue Florida State has better wins than both Georgia and Michigan, and put them up to two. But I honestly don't see that big of an issue here. But that's your top four. That is your current, uh, you know college football playoff and right on the outside looking in you have Washington at five and Oregon at six um and honestly I would probably put Washington and Oregon both in over Georgia and Michigan though 
Yeah, um, I mean, they definitely are valuing the uh, the tough wins here. And, you know, like I said, with uh, Michigan and Georgia, it kind of sucks for their schedule because it's like, you know how good they can be. And if they face good opponents, I think they would win. But they just don't have any good opponents on their schedule until, you know, later on in the year. So they don't really have much of a challenge at all. So it, it's kind of tough to to uh, gauge. Um, but, I mean, you got to give credit to the teams who have beaten the uh, the better teams and showed out and, um, you know. Uh, so they put Ohio State one, but I guess Florida State's wins – uh, were enough to justify them over Michigan, over Michigan or Georgia, which was interesting to, to hear. Yeah, it is kind of shocking to see how, not how little a win over LSU means, but I would think that maybe that ranked win over LSU would give Florida State the edge over at least Michigan. Because I don't know if Michigan actually has a ranked win yet. No, Michigan and Georgia both don't have ranked wins. Kentucky wasn't ranked when Georgia played them? Oh, I mean, yeah, Kentucky's was ranked, but they're not anymore, and they're not even in the committee's, you know, rankings right now. They're for the top 25. No, they're not They're well, not even. L- LSU's in that top 25, so yeah. the committee so, put them I, at 14. I argue for... then putting Florida State up at that two spot and then moving Washington up into the top four as well because obviously they have a top 10 win against Oregon. I mean, I, I obviously, I th- I think Michigan and Georgia have the potential to, you know, win out and run the table completely up until meeting each other in in the Natty. But you know, they have to win against the uh, the ranked teams they have coming up, and they have to do it convincingly. Otherwise, the committee's going to probably put Florida State and Washington up above them, and maybe even Oregon if Oregon ends up going to the Pac-12 championship against Washington and beating Washington. Here's here's what I see kind of setting up here is because Ohio State and Michigan are yet to play each other. They play each other the last game of the regular season, right? If they both go, you know, undefeated up and up into that game, which I assume they both will, um, unless Maryland can, you know, do the thing against Ohio. Oh, no, they already played this year. Never mind. Um, who does Ohio State play before Michigan? I can't. They have Rutgers and I think Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. So, so never yeah. mind. I, I was gonna say, unless there's no way Ohio State's gonna go into that yeah, game Rutgers, with a loss. Michigan State, Minnesota. Yeah. Anyways. Um. Yeah. The, what What I see shaping out is like this is gonna that game is gonna have again huge playoff implications like it did last year. Obviously, Ohio State got in last year, still because they had ranked wins last year. But again, this is gonna have some implications, at least in terms of seeding for for Michigan and Ohio State in this one. Um, that said, I think Michigan has to beat Ohio State if they even want to have a chance at getting into the playoffs. Uh, Ohio State can lose to Michigan. I think they still get in just because they do have two ranked wins. Um, so yeah, and then you know what's interesting though is just looking at the rest of the rankings here. I'm gonna read everyone off. Sevens Texas, eight Alabama, a little too high for me. Uh, Oklahoma's at nine, Ole Miss ten, Penn State eleven, Missouri twelve, Louisville thirteen, LSE fourteen, Notre Dame fifteen, Oregon State sixteen, Tennessee seventeen, Utah eighteen, UCLA nineteen, USC twenty, Kansas twenty one. 
Oklahoma State at 22. Did not see that coming at all. Uh, Kansas State 23 also didn't see that one coming. Tulane 24 and Air Force 25. That is your uh, rankings uh, by the College Football Playoff Committee who actually look at things that aren't the box score to determine rankings, which is why like the AP polls mean fuck all now, but it is what it is there. But yeah, I, I think this right now, I kind of agree. I think you could argue Washington and Oregon both up into uh, that top four, though, just because they actually have te- uh, wins against ranked opponents uh, that are currently ranked, too. Um, and Georgia and Michigan don't. I mean, Georgia did beat, at the time, a ranked Kentucky team, but Kentucky's obviously have shown that they're not at that level yet. Um, but yeah, that's that's your, your first look at the playoff committee's college football rankings. Um, obviously, we'll keep an eye on this as the season goes on. We're getting strapped for time here, so real quickly, we're going to get into that James Harden trade on the next episode, I think, but we're going to get into the World Series real quick. Uh, last Tuesday, Mike and I, when we were recording, we were in the middle of the, uh, the NLCS game, uh, Game 7, with Arizona winning that series. So now we have the Rangers and the Diamondbacks in the World Series right now. Um, Texas leads the series two to one going into tonight's game um right now the score yeah. 10 yeah, one rangers one. in the middle uh, <laughs> the, uh put up a 10 piece, man. we're about to go we're heading into the bottom of the fifth inning right now um i think it's barring a miracle texas is probably gonna win tonight uh and they'll take a three one series lead going into game five which I believe is on Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, just travel. Oh, no, no, no. It, it's it's no. Wednesday night. It's Wednesday, Wednesday. night. Yeah. Tomorrow night. And then, you know, if necessary. Yeah, if, if necessary. If necessary. You know, game uh, six will be on Friday. Uh, but I just want to get your guys' thoughts real quick. On one, the Diamondbacks winning the NLCS because obviously we didn't get to cover that last week on Thursday uh, to really preview the World Series. I know we previewed the Rangers being in, but the Diamondbacks, man, what a Cinderella story! Worst to first, I guess, uh, in in the NL. Yeah, um, that was awesome to see, man. I thought Philly was gonna win, but I'm really kind of glad now that the Diamondbacks won because even though they only won 84 games, this is why uh, baseball is one of my favorite playoffs because it's so unpredictable. You never know who's going to win. And uh, just seeing the underdog come and win, uh, it's been great, man. Corbin Carroll has been turning into one of my favorite new players in the MLB. He's had a stellar rookie year. Tom Ortiz on a 20-game hitting streak in the playoffs right now. He... Uh, he has just been going crazy, and I've definitely gained gained a lot of respect for uh, Arizona and what they were able to do in the playoffs. Yeah, I, uh, I I'm I'm happy for them that they made it all this way, but uh, <clears throat> right now they're staring down the barrel end of a gentleman's sweep. So uh, it's kind of sucks to just get all that way to win one game and uh, sit back down on the couch for it all to be for nothing, but. Obviously, barring a miracle, they uh, 
they come back and win this series, but I don't I don't see it happening. They they have the talent to be a, a competitor at least in that division with the Dodgers coming up. I mean, Cattell Marte is obviously really good. Corbin Carroll is really freaking good. Probably the NL Rookie of the Year. I mean, it's kind of hard to sit there and count them out now, considering how they made it this far. I mean, barring any major blow-ups of the roster, I could probably see him making it at least to the CS again next year. Yeah, I mean, we could easily see them, uh, you know, next year where they are right now. I mean, they've played, obviously, some very good ball all year. I mean, no one thought Arizona would even sniff the playoffs, and here they are as a wild-card team, as a wild-card team in the World Series, who finished, I believe, third in their uh, in their division, if I remember correctly. Um, but, you know, Texas tonight without Adolis Garcia, but apparently they don't fucking need him because, uh, you know, the Rangers are up 10-1 right now. Um, and, yeah, man, just, uh, I know uh, Marcus Semien hit a home run in this one, so did Corey Seager. They've both been playing out of their minds so far. Um, and Jankowski, man, he's two for two tonight so far. So uh, definitely uh, got to keep an eye on him as well in this game, man. Um, but, yeah, um, we're, we're looking at a gentleman's sweep here uh, for Texas, especially if they keep playing the way they've been uh, so far this season. Um, but... Yeah, just a an incredible world, uh, really playoffs, MLB playoffs this whole whole year, man. I mean, a lot of fun stories, obviously with Texas and you know Arizona. They they both found their way into the World Series, and it's nice you know to see. And we we talked about this on Tuesday, Mike. Is it, it's nice to see you know two teams that really you know no one talks about a whole lot in the playoffs or in the World Series at that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, that's going to wrap it up. I know there was an NBA trade that we said we were going to talk about, but you know we're almost hour 45 minutes into this, so we're going to talk about that on Thursday's episode. Um, but yeah, anyways, guys, uh, rate, review, subscribe, help us out. You know, let us know, you know, what you want to see, what you want to hear from us. And uh, yeah, do you guys have anything else tonight? No, I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, man. Another really long episode for you guys. Hope you guys enjoy. And Thursday's going to be jam-packed as well because more World Series talk, the James Harden trade, and um, and much more as well. Yeah, so with that said, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys on Thursday.